Hello and welcome. My name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter, as well as a personal trainer. And I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Jackie Lindahl. I am your host. In today's episode, I am going to be doing a part two of the 20 best tips that I have for you if you're just starting your fitness journey. Last episode, I did numbers one through 10, and then today I will do numbers 11 through 20. And I just have to apologize in advance. I got a brand new microphone for the podcast because I'm podcasting more now. Um, And so if the audio is too much or whatever it is, I'm working out the kinks with this. So just an FYI. And also just a reminder that I am going to be posting the podcast now on YouTube. So if you would like to see my face um, while I am podcasting, feel free to head to YouTube and make sure that you subscribe so that you can catch up with all the videos and stuff that I'm posting there because my goal this year is to be posting there more often. Maybe not 100% frequency, but just a little bit more often. So in today's episode, as I mentioned before, I'm going to be going through the second half of my 20 best tips for your health and fitness journey. And these are just tips that I have gathered along the way as a personal trainer, as well as things that I implement with my clients to make their life easier, things that my clients do on their own to make their life easier, and just to make your journey the best that it can be so you have the highest chances of success. Because ideally, We don't want to be doing this journey more than once. The ideal way to do it is to do it once, do it right, keep it simple so you don't have to keep starting over. Let's get into it. The last 10 tips for your fitness journey, starting with number 11. Number 11 is focus on making decisions today that will make you feel proud when you go to bed tonight and three days from now. What I am meaning here is oftentimes we like to make quick decisions for short-term gain. That being, say, for example, skipping your workout, not eating well, giving into a craving, uh, you know, canceling all your workouts for the week, quitting. All of those things are just quick, short-term things that we will decide on that may or may not be helpful for us in the future. So what I'll often tell my clients is when you're thinking about skipping your workout or when you're thinking about, you know, maybe going out for pizza for the sixth time this week, (laughs) what goal or what decision will make you feel proud when you go to bed tonight? Sometimes it is skipping the workout. Maybe you've been doing too much or, you know, you need to rest or you're sick or whatever it is. And sometimes that is the best decision. Other times, the best decision is to do what you know that you're supposed to do. And those decisions are very personal and only you can really make that decision. But what you need to really think about is what do I do now that when I go to bed tonight, I'm going to feel happy. I'm going to be very proud of myself. And I'll often say that to clients is, you know, if they're texting me saying, you know, I think I might push off my workout tonight and that kind of 
you know, I'm not really sure if I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I always say, what decision is going to make you feel proud? Because it's not up to me to decide. It is up to them to decide and to learn what those decisions are and what's going to make them feel proud at the end of the day. So just when you're thinking about your goals or even a step that you're going to take today, tomorrow, whatever it might be, and you're tempted to not do it, whatever that might be, just ask yourself, what am I going to be proud of and what will future me thank myself for? Oftentimes your future, you will be so happy that you started your health and fitness journey today. There, Think of yourself six months from now. What will your future self six months from now thank you for? Think of your future self and how she's going to feel proud of you for the decisions that you make today, whether it's just starting your journey, whether it is, you know, doing, going to the gym, getting your workout in, whether it is eating on track for your goals, whatever that is, think about your future self tonight or six months from now or whoever she may be, what will make her proud? What will make your future self feel proud? So just something to consider when you are going throughout your journey is what will your future self thank you for? Number 12, you don't lose progress from one meal or one weekend off. This is something that a lot of people will get frustrated with when they have a weekend away, they go on vacation or, you know, it's, we just got through the holidays, it's Christmas and that kind of thing. And they will freak out if they have to miss a workout or, you know, they eat one or several meals off track or whatever it might be. They go and they weigh themselves Monday morning and they're like, oh my God, I gained three pounds overnight or whatever it might be. And I cannot emphasize enough, and it's something I have to preach to my clients a lot, you don't lose progress from having to take a meal off, time off, whatever it is. Progress is something that has accumulated over time. You don't lose 10 pounds in a week. We all know that. Just like you don't gain 10 pounds in a week. And a lot of people, like I said, will get really caught up in those changes and having to miss workouts and that kind of thing. And they think, what is, what is the point? All is lost. And it just fuels their temptation to quit. Instead of freaking out about it, all you have to do is just get back on track. Even if, say, for example, I'll have clients, they'll message me after they say had the flu and they're sick and they didn't get to their workouts. And their first workout back after being sick didn't go as well as they thought that it would. And their strength is down in that. And they'll say to me like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I lost all this progress. It's like, no, you didn't lose progress. That will come back very quickly. It's not that you lost it. It's just that you didn't work out because you were sick and your strength is down. Or they'll come back from vacation freaking out because they gained some weight over vacation when they went to Mexico for an all-inclusive and they drank and ate their face off all week, which there's nothing wrong with that. I just want to make that very clear. There's nothing wrong with that. But yeah, you're going to gain some water weight. You're going to have a little bit of extra food in your stomach and that kind of thing. When you come back to your regular life and back into your workouts, you're not going to lose progress from that small period of time off. So don't freak out about it. What you do most of the time, the majority of the time is what matters and will not, and you will not lose that progress by taking a weekend off, having a meal out, whatever it is. So stop freaking out about that. (laughs) This kind of goes into number 13. Number 13 is the scale fluctuates and that is normal. Don't compare your day to day weigh-ins. I don't know why people think that they're going to weigh the exact same every single day, but it's a completely unrealistic expectation. Your weight has a lot of things that affect it, such as your water weight, 
hormone fluctuations, if you have extra food in your stomach, how much carbohydrates you ate, not in a bad way, but just carbohydrates absorb water, um, muscle mass, muscle density, all of those things affect your weight and those things can fluctuate. If you're weighing in daily, you're going to see a lot of those fluctuations where Monday, say for example, you weigh in at 150 pounds, then Tuesday you're at 148, then Wednesday you're back to 150. Thursday, you're at 152. Friday, you're at 153. And then Saturday, you're at 148. Like (laughs) maybe it might not dramatically change that much overnight between Friday to Saturday. But what I mean is that your weight is going to fluctuate every single day. And I don't want you to get caught up in the day-to-day fluctuations when it comes to weigh-ins because they are completely normal. There's nothing wrong with it. What you want to watch instead is your trends over time. So Don't be comparing Monday's weigh-in to Tuesday's weigh-in. Don't even compare this Monday's weigh-in to last week's Monday weigh-in. What I want you to start comparing is your month-over-month progress. So comparing your January one to December one, comparing January one to February one. Comparing your month-over-month will be, A, so much easier on your mental health because you're going to be noticing the trends over time, and B, it's what matters over time because your overall trends is going to show where things are going. So when I have my clients do weigh-ins, I will have them track in my coaching app. And what it does is it actually puts it on a graph. And then what I like to do is zoom out of the graph and see what their trends are over time, over three months, six months, 12 months, depending on how long we've been coaching together and watch those trends over time. I don't really give a shit what they weighed yesterday in comparison to today. I don't care at all. What I compare is what are you today to last month to three months ago and, and watching those trends over time. Not so much the, oh my gosh, on Tuesday, she was this and Wednesday, she was this because those weigh-ins don't really matter. You're, this is, Also where people have to really understand your day-to-day fluctuations are water weight. So yes, you can gain three pounds of water weight overnight. It's not that big of a deal, especially if you've had say a salty carbohydrate-y meal, your body will absorb more water and that's where it can affect it. A little experiment to do next time that you're weighing in, weigh in first thing in the morning before you peed or sorry, after you peed, after you've gone to the washroom, then chug like two glasses of water and then go hop on the scale and see what happens. The weight is your weight's going to go up. Um, so I don't want you to freak out about those day-to-day fluctuations. If you're tracking your weight, track your trends over time and don't panic if the scale goes up after a weekend or after a night or whatever it is, or especially women, our weight will go up about seven to 10 days before our period starts. So if you're weighing in throughout the month and all of a sudden you see a spike and you're having cravings and you're in a pissy mood and you check your period tracker app and you're like, oh, I'm going to get my period next week. That would explain the weigh in spike. Doesn't mean that you're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you've gained a bunch of body fat. It just is your hormones changing and you're hanging on to more water and a little bit more food. So don't panic about those day-to-day fluctuations if you're tracking the scale. Number 14, having a support group matters. So whether it is a coach, whether it's a friend, an accountability buddy, your spouse, having support with your goals exponentially increases your chances of success because you're going to have somebody there to help you along the way, somebody to support you, to help hold you accountable, to help you with your workouts, whatever it might be. And like I said, it doesn't even have to be a coach. It could be a friend. It could be a gym buddy. It could be your, just your spouse. 
whoever that person is, the more or people are, the more help and support that you're going to have in this journey, the better. And this is where, in all honesty, like the benefits of hiring a coach or a trainer help out exponentially because you're going to have that person there to support you. But not only that, a coach's job is to help make it easier for you, help make the plan for you so you don't have to do the guesswork on your own and question yourself constantly. Is this going to work? Am I doing this right? You have that support person there. And that's literally like my job as a coach with my clients is I'm there to support them, help them along the way, hold them accountable, make sure that they're getting the shit done that they need to, that they're getting their workouts done. They're on top of their nutrition. And I'm not just giving them a plan and ghosting them. I'm checking in on them, making sure that it's getting done and also helping them modify, change the plan. If they get sick or injured or whatever else is going on in life, that's my job. And so I cannot express enough the benefits of having a coach or an accountability buddy or a group class or whatever it might be. I have a couple of clients where they are a part of a running group. They all love to run. Um, Some of them run short distances, some of them run long distances, and they meet up every single week to go run together in like whatever crazy weather too, because we've had some insane weather here where I live and they live in the same area and yeah, they meet up and they go running together and it's their kind of accountability group that they meet on certain days at certain times. And they have like their little fun things that they do. I have another client where like, she has a group of friends that they go and they run stairs every single Saturday, even when it is absolutely insane cold outside because it's outdoors, they meet up, And they go and, you know, they might go for a short time. They might go for a longer time, but they go and they run stairs together. And it's just like their social um, accountability group for each other. And they, you know, check in with each other throughout the week and that kind of thing. So I just cannot express like the more support that you have for your goals and the more people that you surround yourself with that are there to help you and cheer you on and support you, the better that it's going to be for you. And the chances of you reaching your goals and sustaining those goals increase exponentially. So find yourself a community, find yourself a, you know, friend, get your spouse in on it, hire a coach, whatever you need to do to create that supportive network for you that you're going to need. Number 15, kind of relating back to number 13, but the number on the scale says nothing about who you are as a person. A lot of people get hung up on the number of the, on the scale and they really associate it with their day, their mood, who they are as a person, how they identify themselves, when all that number on the scale is, is it just is your gravitational pull to the earth in a unit of measurements. It doesn't tell you anything about how heavy you're lifting in your workouts, how consistent you're being, how your relationship within with food has improved, how your sex life is better, your mood is better, your energy is better. It doesn't tell you how awesome that you are at your job, how supportive and amazing of a friend you are, how, you know, the light in the room shines when you walk in, how the sun shines out of your ass. Like it doesn't tell you any of those things about who you are. It literally is just one number. That's all it is. And I really want you to disassociate your emotions from the scale. The scale is a useful tool that can help you with your progress. Yes, but it's not the only tool. And not only that, again, it doesn't tell you anything else about your journey other than just this one number. When I have clients who are struggling with the scale or they're starting to really get frustrated in their journey and it has everything to do with the scale, then we remove the scale completely. I say, throw it in the back of your closet, chuck it in the fucking trash for all I care. You know, because the scale doesn't say anything about your journey other than just that one unit. 
when you're struggling with the scale and you're having a hard time and you're putting every single emotion in your day in it and you're letting it ruin your day, ask yourself why? Why does this number mean so much to me? Am I just using it as a tool to help measure my progress along the way or am I throwing every bit of emotion and self-worth in my life into this number? And if it is the second option, maybe it's time to reevaluate your relationship with the scale and whether or not it is indeed the best tool for you to use for measuring your progress. Because like I said, there's many other ways to measure progress that you don't need to use the scale all the time. And I mean, this is from somebody who weighs in daily. I weigh in daily, but I've learned over the years to disassociate my emotions from the scale that I don't need to throw every ounce of my progress out the wind, or I don't need to measure every ounce of progress based on one number. I use the scale as a tool in a toolbox of things where I'm also using progress photos. I'm also using my consistency, my energy, how I'm sleeping at night, my mood. All of those things matter to me just as much, if not more, actually a lot more than what the scale says. The scale is just one tool in the toolbox. Don't throw everything at it. And if it's not changing, it doesn't ruin your life. It doesn't need to ruin your day. Learning to disassociate the emotion from the skills, the best way to do it. Easier said than done, Jackie. Um, but there's a couple of different ways to do it where number one, I will, if I have a client who say they weigh in once a week and every time they weigh in that number like ruins their life, I'll actually have them do weigh-ins more often so that they can start to see the fluctuations in the scale and how much it changes. And oftentimes that really helps them realize like, oh, these changes in the scale are actually totally normal. They're to be expected. And then they learn to watch their trends. Like we talked about before watching their trends over time versus if I have a client who say is weighing, weighing in daily, but the scale isn't changing, but they're seeing progress in their progress photos, their consistency is bang on for their workouts and their nutrition and everything like that. Then I'll tell them like, stop fucking weighing in on the scale because it's just getting into your head and you're forgetting about all these other amazing things that you're doing for progressing in your journey. Don't even worry about the scale anymore. I actually have a client, um, who we kind of have been having this discussion on and off where the scale is really starting to bug her, but she is making progress and she's getting stronger and all these things where we're just kind of at that point where I'm like, maybe the scale isn't helping anymore and it's time to just remove it again. The scale says nothing about who you are as a person. You don't have to use it as a measure of progress for your journey. Keep a toolbox and different ways of measuring your progress, not just using the scale. Number 16, there's no shortcuts. Sorry, not sorry. When it comes to doing this journey, whether it's you have 10 pounds that you want to lose, whether you just want to feel healthier, whether you have 100 pounds to lose, there's no shortcuts into doing it right. Because at the end of the day, the shortcuts that are out there only really lead you back to where you started. Whether it's doing a detox, a cleanse, a crash diet, working out seven days a week, whatever it is. If the methods are unsustainable, the results will be unsustainable. So instead of trying to find the shortest route to your goals, how can I crash diet the fastest? How can I exercise six days a week to get somewhere? How can I do a cleanse to kickstart? Stop trying to use the shortcuts. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. Whereas instead that valuable time that you're using to crash diet, take the shortcut, whatever it is, you could instead put into tracking your meals, tracking your consistency, getting on a regular three to four day a week workout program, getting in your steps, 
getting in your protein, getting in your vegetables, do the boring shit. I've been talking about the boring shit a lot on my social media lately, just given that it's the new year and all that kind of stuff. People love to get into the latest thing. What's the latest diet? What's the latest crash workouts, whatever it is that I got to do to get to my goal the fastest. And they forget about doing the boring shit. Boring shit is what works. And yes, it takes longer, but you're, then you're going to actually get to your goals and be able to sustain your goals versus crash dieting your way to losing 50 pounds. It's unsustainable. You hate your life and then you quit. You haven't learned anything in the process. You haven't changed any habits. You don't know how to apply this to your real life. And then you can't sustain it and you gain all that weight back. Instead, do the boring shit, take it slow, don't major in the minors. So don't go looking for the supplement, the fat loss pills, adding in the creatines and all of these things when you don't even know how to manage your nutrition first. Take small steps. Don't take the shortcuts. Number 17 is you're not going to be motivated all the time. So given that it's this time of year and we're just about three weeks into the uh, new year, a lot of people are asking me, how do I stay motivated? How do I stay motivated? How can I stay motivated? Or the real answer for staying motivated is you got to stop relying on motivation because it's not going to stick around. Motivation is a feeling. It's a feeling like anger. It's a feeling like sadness. It's a feeling like happiness. Our feelings change. Our feelings change. We're not always happy. We're not always sad. We're not always angry. We're not always motivated. And a lot of people think that motivation just like falls out of your ass and you're like, yeah, I'm motivated. It doesn't work that way. Just like you can't, you know, be depressed and all of a sudden smile and say, well, I'm happy now and I'm not depressed anymore. It doesn't work like that. Motivation is a feeling. You need to learn that. And instead of relying on motivation, you need to rely on your discipline and getting into those habits and those routines. And yes, it means forcing yourself to do shit when you don't want to do it. Just like how often do you feel motivated to go to work or motivated to go to the gynecologist? Never. Nobody wants to do those things, but you have to because you know what happens when you don't. If you don't go to work, you'll get fired. You won't be able to pay your bills and that'll really suck. If you don't go to the gynecologist, you don't get your pap smears and all that kind of stuff done. You don't go to the dentist and get your teeth checked. It can negatively affect your health or something could be going on and you don't know about it and you could get very sick or stop relying on motivation to achieve your fitness goals. You have to really, in all honesty, you have to buck the fuck up sometimes and just do the shit that you don't want to do when you don't want to do it. It does mean that sometimes you just need to bear down and just grit through it. Even though the workouts are not stellar, even though you have, you, you would rather do a hundred other things in a day, you still have to do the things because it's important to take care of your health. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to be in a calorie deficit all the time, obsessively tracking calories when you don't want to, that kind of thing. That's not what I mean by that. What I mean, though, is still focusing on your health, doing what you need to do in terms of movement, doing what you need to do in terms of eating well for your health and for your body, and that just understanding that you're not going to be motivated all the time. You're not going to want to do all these things. There's going to be days where you don't want to go to the gym. And I feel the same way about these things. A lot of people think that I, you know, as a personal trainer am this magical unicorn creature who's motivated all the time. I am not. I will be honest and say for every, out of every 10 workouts that I do, there's maybe three that I'm like, woo, I want to work out today. And then there's like another three where I'm like, 
yeah, I got to get it done. It's not a big deal. I don't really, you know, it's not my favorite thing. And then there's, you know, another three or four out of those 10 where I'm like, fuck this. And then I get started and I drag my feet kicking and screaming to do it. And then I get done. I'm like, well, I'm glad I did it. I showed up and that's okay. You don't have to have the all-star stellar motivation to do it. You just got to fucking do it. So when you're worried about your motivation and you're thinking to yourself, how do I get motivated? You won't just magically get motivated out of thin air. You just got to get started. There's, I think it was Jordan Syatt had talked about kind of like the circle of motivation. And it was, you know, a lot of people think that motivation creates action, which creates results, but it's actually action and motivation are switched. You take action to get results, which makes you feel motivated. So it goes action, results, motivation comes. Um, And that will that is the true circle of motivation and how you keep yourself going is by continually taking action. You're going to continue to take action, which is going to get you results. And those results will help you feel motivated to create more action. And eventually that motivation is going to wear off. So you just keep taking action to get those results and the motivation will come. That's the secret to motivation is understanding that you are not going to feel motivated all the time and you still got to do the shit that you don't want to do anyway. Number 18, you need to be accountable to yourself because no one is going to do this for you. When it comes to your goals, no matter what those goals are, if it's a personal goal, financial goal, health goal, whatever it might be, only you are the person to get it done. Now, yes, you can have a plan, a support network, a coach, guidance, all that kind of stuff. Yes, all of those things help. But if you're not putting in the work and doing the actual shit, then nothing is going to change. So yes, you can hire a coach who will help you by creating the plan, being there to help you. But if you ghost them and you don't answer their check-ins, you don't do your workouts, you don't do your nutrition. And then three months down the road, you're thinking, I hired that coach and nothing happened. I can't do it for you. I cannot do your workouts for you. You are a grown ass woman. You have to do these things yourself to get the work done. And yeah, hiring a coach and all these things is helpful. Having a support network, having the plan, doing the grocery shopping and all that is great. You have to implement the action. So just keeping that in mind, if you're finding that you aren't able to stay on track, if you're finding that, oh, I'm having trouble with my goals and I'm not getting anywhere, you got to look in the mirror first. You've got to look in the mirror first and ask yourself, are you actually staying accountable to your goals? Maybe you need to track your consistency. Um, Maybe you need to hire a coach if you haven't already, whatever it is, but you have to be accountable to yourself to get this done because I, nobody can do it for you. Number 19, calories are the key to weight loss. Nutrient density is the key to health and balance is the key to life. So when it comes to weight loss, weight gain, weight maintenance, we all know that calories are king. It's an energy balance. The more energy that if we take in more energy than what our body is burning, our body will store that extra energy in the form of body fat and we will gain weight. If we are taking in the correct amount of energy in by energy, I'm meaning food, but the correct amount of energy for what we are burning on a daily basis, our weight will maintain right around the same. If we are taking in less calories than what our body is burning on a daily basis and creating a calorie deficit, our body will then have to go to that stored energy source or stored body fat to make up that energy deficit. And that's how we lose weight. 
that is the key to energy balance and weight loss and weight maintenance. Now, yes, you can technically lose weight if you're in a calorie deficit by eating fucking Twinkies and McDonald's. It's going to be a terrible, miserable diet and you'll probably have the shits the whole time, but yes, you can. However, is that good for your health? No, we know that. We know that nutrient density is the key to looking after our health. And by nutrient density, I mean eating a proper amount of protein, getting in your fiber, your vitamins, your minerals, your nutrients, leafy greens, vegetables, fruits, whole grains, all that kind of stuff. That is what actually helps take care of our health and our body. And yes, you can eat a bunch of healthy food. And if you're in a calorie surplus, you'll gain weight, even with eating the healthiest of food. When it comes to weight loss, yes, calories are king and you have to have a calorie deficit to achieve weight loss, but you also want to be able to look after your health, which means that you should be including mostly healthy foods. However, though, we also want to have some fun and enjoy our life. And yes, there is a balance and moderation that is the key to everything. Just because you're on a weight loss journey or a health journey and you're wanting to eat healthier doesn't mean that you can't ever have a pop or cookies or pizza or birthday cake ever again. That's ridiculous. Food and Food is so important to culture and life and celebrations that you don't ever want to miss out on those things. Those are important things. And yes, there is a spectrum. It doesn't have to be a pendulum swing where we're either 100% on our diet, cannot possibly have any interruptions in our diet, will not have birthday cake, will not have pizza, and then it swings in the opposite direction where all we're eating is McDonald's and Twinkies. There's a wonderful balance in the gray area. It doesn't have to be black and white. You can eat whole foods most of the time and be in a calorie deficit if your goal is weight loss or whatever that your goal might be. And then, yeah, Christmas comes around and you're going to take a break and enjoy it and have the foods that you love with the people that you love. You're going to go out and celebrate birthdays and your birthday and everything like that. You don't have to miss out on life just because you want to eat well for yourself. Calories are king for weight loss. Yes. Nutrient density is the key to health. Yes. But you also need some balance in your life so you don't lose your fucking mind. Lastly, number 20, and this is just a good question to ask yourself, regardless of what your goals are and ideally when you're starting, or if you're having a time in your journey that you're finding that you're struggling is just ask yourself, do you want quick change or permanent change? By asking yourself this question, you need to evaluate, do I just want fast results super quick, or do I actually want to change my life so that I don't have to keep doing this over and over and over again, and I don't have to keep restarting. If you find yourself stuck in this cycle of I start, I get stuck, I quit, and then I have to start all over again, you need to ask yourself, do I actually want permanent change? Do I want to get off this fucking yo-yo cycle of on and off and starting and stopping and starting and stopping? Only you can answer that question. And I guarantee you that your answer is going to be, yes, I want permanent change. I'm tired of the yo-yo cycle and I'm tired of being on and off all the time. But then that needs to be put into action going forward. So if you're wanting that permanent change and for the results to stick around for life, then you need to work on taking smaller steps to get yourself that permanent change. It's going to be a slower process. No, there are not any shortcuts, but then you're going to actually learn to embrace the journey a little bit more rather than just waiting until, oh, I just can't, I just need to get to the end goal. I just need to get to the end goal. If you're making these types of changes and you're working on your health journey, implement changes and things that you can do for life, not just for the short term. 
So there you have it. My 20 tips for your health and fitness and weight loss journey. If you haven't listened to the first episode, I guess I should have already said that. Go back and listen to the first episode. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button. And I would also love and appreciate a five-star written review. It just helps boost views of the podcast. And if you haven't already, also head on over to my YouTube page. I will post the link in the show notes and you can subscribe there if you're wanting to catch up on my videos and things like that that I will be posting to YouTube. If you don't already follow me, be sure to head over to my Instagram. I will post that in the show notes as well. And you can give me a follow on Instagram and keep up with everything that I post on there. Otherwise, I just wanted to say again, thank you so much for listening and hope you have a great rest of your day.